You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kick is live. It is Sunday night, December 11th, year of our Lord, 2022. If college football's worst enemies design the calendar, I don't think they'd change a thing about December. That's how bad things are right now, but it's good that you're here. We're not going to cast a negative light amongst our beautiful sport. We're just merely going to point out some of the cracks in the foundation. We are jam-packed, high atop, an eternally gray downtown Nashville, Tennessee. So gray, Your boy had to go to South Florida for a couple of days, but I am back, mildly sunburned, slight head cold, but we will soldier on because that is our duty to you. December is a disaster right now. Maybe not for you. You're probably out getting ready for Christmas. You're checking the transfer portal. You're just doing your thing. But if you're a college football coach, and I'm not just talking about head coaches, imagine being a coordinator or a position coach or just a lowly grad assistant. Boy, it's like 28 hours a day right now. Bold Predictions Revisited, part three tonight. Portal intel, portal whispers. We got some kids starting to land places, and that's only going to scale. It's only going to ramp exponentially. Someone has alleged, has accused me of having some inconsistencies, in my opinion, on Deion Sanders as it relates to what my opinion normally is on this show. Truthfully, I don't know what they're talking about, but that's okay. Sometimes I don't pick up what you're putting down and it still ends up being accurate. So we will, we will investigate that allegation tonight. They're watching this in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Boone, North Carolina, Burton, Michigan, and Fairborn, Ohio. December 21st is going to be a big day. I just mentioned Fort Lauderdale. I was down there yesterday. We will be down there again. That is 10 days from now. That's early signing day. And I highly encourage you guys to obviously subscribe to our channel here, the Late Kick channel. It is a blessing that CBS allows us to have this channel separate and apart from the 24-7 sports channel. But that's part B. I, just a personal favor from me, please go subscribe to that channel too. The 24-7 sports channel, entirely different programming than what you see here. There's no overlap. So, So none of this is there. None of that is here. And there are long-form specials. Wilt Fong's got a ton of recruiting scoop over there. Uh, Ivan's is over there. Koopa Protegna's over there. Carl's over there. You got Emily. You got Grace. You got all the folks that you don't see here. Well, that's because they're over there. Well, on December 21st, that signing day show, for example, will be long-form, just like the Transfer Portal show was, and it'll be exclusively on that channel. So my simple request is after you subscribe here, just go subscribe there too. It's all free. You don't have to pay for anything. Okay. What am I talking about with December? Let's dive into the show here. December at this point is disrespectful in college football. Some of you may not realize what's happening. I agree it's kind of snuck up on us a little bit. And if you're a fan, once conference championship Saturday's over, maybe it is your 
modus operandi to just check out and I'll come back for bowl games or I'll come back for early signing day. And that's okay. That's your prerogative. Obviously, we around here, we do it every day. And if you're watching the show or listening to the show, you're probably into the sport on a day-to-day granular level. Have you noticed what they did to December? I very intentionally use they because this is plural. Not just one person could screw college football's December up this thoroughly. No, it takes a committee to do it like this. Sometimes I say if the aliens were to land here and observe fill in the blank, they would be baffled by it. That's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But forget the aliens, okay? Because then I'll just have a debate about Area 51 in the comments. If a group of people were to just arrive here, fully intelligent, but they know nothing about the specifics of America, and they observe college football stadiums. I have always argued that stadiums were built in college football over decades. So part one was built in the 20s, and then an addition was made in the 40s, and then they overhauled it again in the 70s, and most recently in the early 2000s. And if you've been to some of these stadiums, Bryant-Denny Stadium's one of them, uh, Beaver Stadium at Penn State's one of them, if you look at it from a blimp, eh, sometimes it can look okay, but if, if you get down into the the guts of it, like we get to see, some of that place is really old, and then some of it's really new, and, and they're like 70-year differences if you go from one area to another area, but that's kind of beautiful to me. That's one of the things I love about college football stadiums, so I don't have any problem with that, but in college football's calendar, I got a big problem with it, because if that same group of people looked at December right now in college football, they would say, who did this? What is college football? If you think about like the totality of our sport, it is games, it's conference championship games, it's, it's, it's the playoff, it's recruiting, it's early signing day, it's transfer portal windows now. You've got NIL, you got coaches being fired, you got coaches being hired, you got coaches on the move. There's only one month where all of that happens at the same time, and that's December. Some of it you can control, some of it you can't. But the very design of this sport is such that we chose to put the early signing date right there smack dab in the middle of December. Like down the road, December 21st, 10 days from now, that's early signing day. God didn't tell you to put that there. You weren't just born and all of a sudden, boom, it's there. Like Christmas is pretty fixed on December 25th. The early signing date doesn't have to be fixed. It's, it's not part of American colloquialism. We don't have to do it that way. We chose to put it there. And the problem is there, there's not like one central planner here in college football. There are a whole bunch of folks with, with a whole bunch of differing views on the sport uh, to varying degrees, different understandings of the sport. And this is, this is the best that they could do. So this is December. Like this right here may not bother you. Like if you're a fan, a lot of this doesn't impact you. But just imagine for a second, you're a coach. Head coach, that's great, but at least you get paid millions of dollars to deal with all this mess. Not everyone who coaches this sport gets paid millions. Not everyone's a head coach or a coordinator. Hey, some people are player personnel directors. Some people are, you know, working third or fourth rung in a recruiting department. You know what this month is like? You know what December is like right now? It's it's brutal. So just imagine. You could fill in the blank. Any one of these major programs right now, you could have all these things happening simultaneously. You could have conference championship Saturday. Then maybe you make the playoff, but at the very least you make a bowl game. 
So you've got that going on. Several members of your coaching staff may be getting poached. So you've got part of your staff leaving. You then have to fill those positions. Oh, and by the way, the kids that you're trying to recruit to finish out a signing class 10 days from now, they want to know who their position coach is going to be. In some cases, the guy recruiting them is leaving, so you have to fill that spot. And in the interim, other guys have to come in and pick up their slack on the recruiting trail. You're simultaneous to that, trying to recruit your own roster to stay because the portal door is wide open over there. And so you're trying to make sure you got a good sense of which one of your kids is going in and isn't going in. Then also the portal door, it swings both ways over there. So you're trying to gauge the portal to see who you want to bring in. And you got to manage NIL during all of that. And as you're trying to hire new coachings or new coaches to your staff, you've got to figure out time to prepare for a game too. All that's happening. You can either take that one of two ways. You can either look at that and say, big deal. You know, that's what they get paid that money for. And as I've said a million times, and I'll say it a million and one, like Mima always told me, no amount of money puts a 25th hour in a man's day. That's math. Okay, Mima didn't need the calculator for that. She's right. There is no amount of money that makes you capable of more than you were maximum capable of. And if we look around, that's not the exception. Like the, the thing that I just described, those combinations of things, that's everywhere. At least at the major programs, it's happening everywhere right now. So how could you fix this? It's, it's one thing to just spout off problems, but how would you fix it? I think one of the things you could do that, that would be the first move that I would make is moving early signing day. That alone would alleviate not all of this, but a lot of this. Because if I took early signing day from where it is right now, just, just totally disrespectful. I'll tell you why I mean that in a second. If I took early signing day from December 21st and I made it July 31st, like I, I'm a believer you should have early signing day before the season. And it, it's out of the way during the season. And the next signing day is going to be the one in February. Move it to March if you want to. I don't care. But I think about the, the rushed timetable of head coaching or coaching changes right now, head coach and otherwise. And it's all predicated really on two things. It's predicated on the early signing period and the transfer portal. The portal with the window timeframe, I don't know that I can do a ton about, uh, only because you want to position that to where if a guy's going to transfer in the early window, he can get in school before the semester starts at his next place. I get that. But with the signing day, like the signing day right now being where it is mandates that if I got a guy at Pate State that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on and I know I'm going to move on from him, I'm going to move early. I'm going to do what Auburn did with Brian Harson. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Wisconsin did with Paul Christ. I'm going to move early so that I can get a head start on getting my new guy in there. And then he can get his head start on hiring his staff. And it's just this mess all around college football. And you're trying to do all the other things that I talked about too. There's a list, notable coaching changes on your screen if you're watching now. You got Satterfield, just one of the weirdest coaching moves in a while, by the way, going from Louisville to Cincinnati. Uh, Jeff Brom goes to Louisville. I'm not so sure they're not celebrating that at Louisville, by the way. But there's a lot of movement going on. I wonder not whether the moves would happen. I don't care about the moves happening. I wonder if I moved the early signing day, if the moves would be happening at the times they're happening, or whether if I made the move 
few more guys would finish their season and then get fired or finish their season at their current position. I don't know. But here's where the disrespect comes in. You can so blatantly tell that the people who designed college football's December calendar really aren't close to the game. Because if you're close to the game, you understand how ludicrous it is to have all this happening at the same time and to have early signing day where it is. Most schools, most high schools now, are out for Christmas somewhere between December 15th and December 20th. Somewhere in that time frame is probably where you're letting out for what you would call Christmas break. You got the early signing day when you should be off to see Mimo and Peepaw yourself. You got the early signing day falling smack dab in the middle of that. By the way, again, it wasn't, it wasn't preordained from on high. That's where it's got to be. We just chose to put it there. Why? Because these people have no concept of what it's like to be a student athlete or what it's like to be a coach and be out on the road the 20th and 21st and you're trying to lock down final visits with kids or you're trying to be in home and you're trying to make kids make the most important decision to that point in their lives, at least scholastically and professionally, air quotes, professionally, they're supposed to be on Christmas break. So I know no one's forcing them to commit early, but that's the name of the game. Most people commit early now. I think a lot of this would be alleviated if we did nothing more than we moved the early signing day to late July. I think other moves could be made. I'm just saying if I changed one thing about that, I think a lot of that would be alleviated. All right. Excellent work, Colin. Excellent work. They won't even know. If you weren't watching live, you won't even know what just happened. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Academy Sports and Outdoors. I guarantee you if I walked in there. I can't prove this. I can't guarantee this, but... I can almost guarantee you I could find cough drops in Academy if I really needed them. I could go over there for my bow hunting purposes. I could go over there and get a basketball goal. I definitely could get some new shoes. I could probably get some cough drops as well. If they sell Big League Chew, certainly they sell cough drops, but they've got whatever you need. As that Christmas season approaches, we were just talking about it a second ago, TikTok. You can buy a watch there too, by the way. TikTok, it's getting closer. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Just check everything or almost everything you need to off that Christmas list and academy.com. If you can't get there in person, has uh, I've got it on record, already saved a couple of you the past week alone. And I would imagine that those emails and those DMs will get a little bit more plentiful in nature as we move on. Okay, here we go. Transfer portal. Let me take a little sip out of the chalice. Different color tonight. 
I don't know what that means. Could be inauspicious, maybe not. I just hope it soothes the throat. Those of you who have been with me a while, you know there are two times a year, right at the beginning of winter and right at the beginning of spring, where the allergies kick in. I don't know why, uh, but I'm not the only one out there that struggles with it, but we got to watch the amount of words that we say this time of year because the voice can come and go. But it's transfer portal season, and it's time to break it down. Let's talk about some of these players. This is the time of show, and we're doing it every show until further notice where I let you know what we're hearing on these guys, and I tell you who I'm watching specifically. Ladarius Henderson, number 13 overall player in the portal. Now, he has already committed to Michigan, so this is not a guy who is uh, technically available right now, but I did want to highlight him. He started 29 games over three years. He was a team captain out at Arizona State. It's an interior offensive lineman, by the way, 6'5", about 3'10", graded at a 92 right now in the transfer portal. I told you that makes him number 13 overall. In his career, not this year, in his career, allowed eight quarterback hurries, um, one sack, one quarterback hit, and I think that they may be looking at him to get reps at tackle at Michigan. I don't know if that's decided. I think that that's what they have in mind uh, because there's, there's a thought amongst some that he could easily kick out wide. Certainly, if you want to sell him on his maximization of value in the NFL draft circles, that's what you would pitch him. So watch Mr. Henderson there. Not a bad strategy there by Jim Harbaugh. Who knows a thing or two about coaching the position? Javion Cohen, let's stick with offensive lineman for a second. He's played at Bama a couple of years. Uh, there's some smoke around Miami right now. I think that that's the program I've heard most often. Sometimes with these portal guys, you, you never know until they pull the trigger, and sometimes it's out of left field. It's just it's much harder to get inside intel on portal moves than it is traditional recruiting. But he's 6'4", 305. He's the number 10 overall player in the portal. He's got two years of eligibility left. Look. I can speak glowingly of this guy without having to tell you things like he allowed zero sacks in his career at Alabama. I know that stat's flying around. That is not an accurate stat. Let me just leave it there. Javion Cohen's a fine player. He is not the kind of player that has allowed zero sacks in his career. So let me just leave that there because that's your problem. I know, I know that when we show you the slider we're showing you right now and it doesn't have that stat on it, Somebody, multiple somebody, is going to be in the comment section saying, you know, he, he's allowed zero sacks. How do you know? Did you study his film? No, you saw a graphic tweeted out by a certain company out there. Incorrect. Still a good player, though. <coughs> All right, let's move on. Denver Harris. Uh, Jesse tells me the number one overall player, as it stands right now, in the transfer portal. Denver Harris. Made a lot of news last year, being a part of that Texas A&M signing class. Uh, I do not believe that he had the option to return to Texas A&M. There, there have been some issues with him out there. He wasn't the only one. Uh, you've seen guys go through that before and end up shining, so I'm not trying to dampen his future prospects or anything like that. Because he's going to have a lot of options here. About 5'11", 6 foot, 180, corner. Always love guys who have geographical first names. So, so if anything, I appeal, or Denver Harris appeals to me. I think Colorado is a program to watch here. I think LSU is a program to watch. Now, coming out of high school, he committed to A&M over Texas and LSU and Bama, I believe. So, you know, I, 
I know there's been some rumblings with LSU. I don't know whether Bama's in it for him or not. I haven't heard that. That doesn't mean anything, but I haven't heard that. What about Rivaldo Fairweather? What do you know about him? I, I think probably far less. Every other guy I've mentioned here is going from Power 5 to probably Power 5. Rivaldo Fairweather, when I say Power 5, you know what I mean. Um, more a G5 guy, or at least that's where he's coming from at FIU. You got some Auburn smoke here, maybe some Maryland smoke. We'll see. Number 14 overall player is a tight end. These players always intrigue me because we're living in an era of Brock Bowers and Dalton Kincaid, Jaheim Bell's in the portal from South Carolina. So you got a couple of guys at the tight end position here now that may offer the complete package. For instance, you know, their last game against Middle Tennessee, he goes eight catches, 152 yards, and three touchdowns at 6'5", 245 as a tight end. He was on the Mackey Award watch list coming into this year, played in 10 games. Uh, it's, he's the kind of guy, Rivaldo Fairweather is the kind of guy who 95% of you probably haven't heard a whole lot about. He could land at a Power 5 program and end up being a focal point of an offense, depending on where he goes. Like if, if he were to have been in the Dalton Kincaid role, at Utah. I'm not comparing the players heads up. I'm saying based on, based on the fact, this kid was a, a basketball player in high school. Didn't even start playing football to his junior year. He's a different kind of athlete than your typical 6'5", 245 is what I'm saying. You could drop him into those systems and I believe he would fare very well. Next up, Theo Weiss. I just wanted to mention him uh, because he has committed to Missouri. This is the wide receiver, former five-star receiver at Oklahoma. Had four touchdowns in 2022. Um, he was a guy that uh, a lot of people expected to break out this year. He didn't. That doesn't mean there's not breakout potential. And you know that Missouri has had some talent at receiver exit via the portal, so they need some to enter via the portal. Luther Burden's still there. Well, now we got Theo Weiss there. So those are some of the names that we're keeping an eye on right now. The portal, look, it, it happens in phases. As I, I say this like I've done this 10 years, as I will tell you every year, You've got the initial wave of guys who go in. There are probably still some more big names. Remember, this is 45 days. Some teams are in the playoff. So you, you, it, it, could, it could be understandable if I'm on a playoff team and I intend to go in the portal, I'm not telling you till after my season's over. So for like the, you know, the Ohio States of the world or the Georgias of the world, you very well could wake up the morning after the title game couple days after the title game and you start seeing a next little wave or just after bowl games in general. But the real wave is when guys start landing at places. That, that's when it's going to be really, really a fireworks show and that's not too far down the road. They're watching us in Greensboro, Georgia, Nina, Wisconsin, and Las Cruces, New Mexico. Thank you guys so much. It's time to get into Bold Predictions Revisited. This is part three. We've done this the last few shows. It's gotten great reviews. I've loved it. Um, this was back from August. I took a bunch of bold predictions from you guys. I said, hey, give me something you believe in enough to bet your money on, and I'll give you a one to 10 grade of boldness, but we'll save them. We'll bookmark all of them. We'll come back to them. Well, here it is. I'm, I'm going to blow your mind with one of them. So this is not it. The first one's not it. The first one is from Ryan. Ryan said, Arkansas will lead the country in rushing this year. They did at the Power 5 level last year. I called this a 5. I didn't think it was that bold. 
of my revised boldness would be about a six. They finished fourth in Power Five, so they weren't far off. I needed K.J. Jefferson to stay healthy all year. He did not. I couldn't have seen that coming, nor could Ryan. You know, my thinking was they were bringing most of the guys back that put those numbers up for them last year, and they were losing Burks, a first-round caliber wide receiver, to the draft. So if anything, more incentive to run the ball. And they did good, 223.4 per game. So, you know, that's, I mean, what are we looking at here? We're looking at service academies and then Ole Miss at 261 per game. You know, that would have been a good prop bet, actually. Arkansas, will they even lead the SEC West in yards per game? Interesting. As it turns out, they would not have. But they were still, they were still fourth overall. If you just go by Power 5 programs, you know, non-service academy. And uh, so I'm going to call that one a six, revised six. Okay, this next one is crazy. I got to take a sip before this next one. Listen to this. You want to talk, any of you out there who believe college football is fixed or it's rigged, I think you're crazy, but I advise you to use this in the future as part of your ammunition in your argument. Football enjoyer predicted, you see the date down there, July 31st. He said the Big 12 title game will be Kansas State versus someone not named Oklahoma or Texas. Your Big 12 championship game ended up being Kansas State versus Texas Christian University. What were they preseason? Odds-wise, they were the fifth and sixth best odds, respectively, to win the Big 12. So it's not quite like the year before where we had Baylor with the second to worst odds period. But if you're talking about a combination, this was pretty impressive. Because remember what he said there. Not only did he say Kansas State's going to be there, just point blank, it'll be Kansas State. He also said a team not named OU and Texas will be their opponent. And OU and Texas were number one and number two in the odds. So it, it would have been enough to just say Kansas State's going to be in the Big 12 title game. That alone would be enough. But when you add in a nameless, faceless opponent, not named OU or Texas, and I saw that today. Jesse looked at me when, he, when I walked in. and Well, he looked at me first because the Lions were winning. And then second, he looked at me and said, wait till you see what we have on deck today in bold predictions. One thing I thought maybe. I gave this a 9.5, by the way. That's how bold I thought this was. One of those things, maybe. But having them all come together at the same time. I, I think I said specifically, I was very suspicious of everyone's two sleeper teams in the Big 12 just being the same teams. Everybody was labeling Kansas State and TCU as their sleeper teams to watch. And history has shown me when everyone is gravitating towards the same teams as their sleepers, number one, by definition, they're not sleepers. Number two, run away and go find the ones they're not talking about. Well, it turns out that the, uh, the sleeper special was indeed the Big 12 championship game matchup. So good job. I, I had no way of seeing that coming. Next up, let's go to Columbus, Ohio. As Joshua said, Ohio State has a top 10 defense in year one under Jim Knowles and goes undefeated in the regular season. It doesn't matter if I call Lima, Ohio that. It will be Lima. 
And if I call it Lima, it will be Lima. I'm pretty sure it's Lima because I've been there before, but we'll see. Anyway, what about this top 10 defense business? So I said this was a seven, predicting them to be top 10. Because remember, well, you probably don't remember, but I do because I watched the segment again. I just thought they needed to be top 20, and I thought they would be top 20. So points per game, they ended up 13th. Uh, total yards per game, 11th. Like uh, rush yards per game, they were 23rd. Pass yards per game, 14th. So they were, they were in the top 20 range. They weren't in the top 10 range. But here's the fallback. So, so this ended up being a, a fairly decent prediction. Here's the fallback, though. It, it's the Michigan protocol. Games 1 through 11, that's wonderful. But if the Michigan game ends up like it did, did you really have a top 15 or top 20 defense? Because if you give up 13 points per game, or if you're giving up 19 points per game, but then you give up 45, does the stat really mean much to me? Like if you're giving up 303 yards per game, but they hang 530 on you. Does it really matter to me? As an Ohio State fan, does it really matter to me? Because it, it feels kind of hollow as a statistic. So I thought top 20, that's where they ended up. Unfortunately, that surprisingly mild Saturday afternoon in Columbus a few weeks back, not so much. Next up, let's stay in the Big Ten here. I put a nine and a quarter on this one. Iowa, this is Nate, by the way. Iowa will win 10 games again and win the Big Ten this year. I said 9.25. I was right. So they, were, they ended up being a seven-win team. They did not win the Big Ten because they did not play for the Big Ten title. But they were surprisingly close to playing for the Big Ten title, even at 7-5. and five. They were 5-4 and four in conference. Uh, they had the head-to-head -head against Purdue. So if they would have finished just one game better, they would have probably ended up, I think, in the Big Ten championship game. Quarterback play was always going to hold them back. That wasn't a surprise. That wasn't a bold prediction during the preseason. It's not bold for me to say that now. That is what held them back. And now, now we get to see an entirely new era of Iowa offensive football unfold before our eyes with Cade McNamara. But in the meantime, this one I thought was pretty cut and dry. All right, next up. This, this one got very close. I appreciate the effort here. All right. Justin said Alabama will lose to both Texas teams. That means Texas and Texas A&M. At the time, I made this a nine on the boldness scale. I don't think it was nearly that bold as it turns out. Bama was favored by over three touchdowns in both of these games. One of them without Bryce Young, still favored by over three scores. They beat Texas 20 to 19. They beat A&M 24 to 20. So they won these games by a combined five points, but they did win both of them. And both games ended on the final play. And it's really amazing when you go back and you think about Bama's season, everyone gravitates towards the close loss at Tennessee, the close loss at LSU, and that's, that's fair. But you got to remember, there were some close wins there too that came down to the final play. And these were two of them. So that, that one would have been, you talk about a bold prediction, that if, if it would have hit and it was close, would have been right up there to me with the whole, the whole K-State versus non-OU, non-Texas pick in the Big 12. That was interesting. Bold predictions are only going to get better because we've, we've still got several more chapters to go in the coming weeks. 
I appreciate you guys watching. Make sure we got several of you tuned in. I think we can get over a thousand likes here. Make sure click that little thumbs up button. It looks like this thumbs up. Uh, we have we have gotten a flood of subscriptions to the channel. Keep doing what you're doing there. I don't know who you guys have been telling about the show, but I appreciate it. Tell them I, I don't I don't just cough throughout every show like this one has been so far. So I appreciate that. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. This is where we have to address an allegation. I, I don't believe this to be true, but you know what? That's why we have to do it together. We got we to gotta address them together. Tanner in Morgantown, West Virginia said, I get why Deion Sanders is a big deal, but I'm curious why you personally are choosing to focus so much on it. It doesn't seem like you would be drawn to what he sells. Okay, you guys know me better than anyone. Is Tanner right? I will look in the comments below and I will gauge the reaction here. I, I want to know, look, if you think he's right, that's fine. What am I expected to like? What kind of coach do I normally like? And why is Deion Sanders not someone that I would end up liking? Here, here's been my experience, okay? Everybody's got their own personal experience. So Dion is, is Bennett Jackson. Colorado. Let me tell you how this has affected me and how I've experienced it. I got some people in my life, and I've got some people that I interact with a lot. And they make up this group of people that have been schooling me for the past two years or so, they think, on how NIL is great for college football and the transfer portal is great for college football. And anyone who dares to suggest otherwise could of opinion, also be informed just on the opposite side. That's the allegation. I'm not saying that. That's those people saying that to me. And I just sit there and listen to it because here's what's, here's what's interesting. This has been my experience. This is where Dion comes in. Some of the same people trumpeting NIL and trumpeting the portal, both of which are mechanisms this guy is about to heavily leverage to his advantage, they're the same ones telling me, Dion, he's not cut out for this. I don't like this hire at all. And I'm like, hold on. I was content just to sit over in the corner and not talk to you at all. Or I was content to just, just sit there and listen to your opinions. But I'm not going to listen to you completely cross yourself over and end up splattered out on the floor. You did this to yourself. What are you talking about? And then we get to Tanner's question. Like, Dion's not the kind of guy I would gravitate to. Look, I guess I may have some, some swinging philosophical differences than some people out there. I've liked this hire. I presently like the hire. It's not like anything's changed over the past few days. Some of you have been rubbed the wrong way by the way he's entered. Some of you, some of you who I'm perfectly fine with have looked at how he's handled speaking to the Colorado players and you don't like it. And that's, that's fine. We just differ in opinion. <coughs> Some of you have looked at his resume and you don't think that he deserves the job. Well, well, to that, I would say get mad at Colorado, not Deion Sanders, if that's the way you feel. But I, yeah, I'll go down this road. I had a talk with someone in our industry about a year ago that, that kind of, it didn't teach me something I didn't already know. I think it changed my perspective on something. If I were to ask you, what profession is Deion Sanders in? You would probably say the coaching profession or you would say football. But if I ask you what industry he's in, what would you say? Some of you may say, I just told you, coaching and football. He's not in the coaching industry. 
He's not in the football industry. He's in the football profession. He's in the coaching profession. Those things reside under the industry umbrella of entertainment. He's in the entertainment industry. Kirby Smart is in the entertainment industry. I am in the entertainment industry. We do totally different things, but at the core of, of what brings us to the watering hole, what, what puts food on our respective tables, it's entertainment. Because there are a lot of folks out there who work their tail off coaching lacrosse. Uh, there are a lot of folks out there who work their tail off to talk about other more obscure sports in the American entertainment landscape. But for whatever reason, our society, our culture, finds football very entertaining. And therefore, if you specialize in that sport and you're either good enough to play it or coach it or talk about it and attract an audience, you are making a living off of entertainment, not football. Football just happens to be the form of entertainment. Well, the reason I say that and the reason I appreciate a guy like Deion Sanders is he gets that more than anyone. Not just today. He got it when he played. He, he had it coming out of high school. He had it in college. He already had a nickname by the time he got to the NFL. And it, it has rubbed people the wrong way, and that's fine. I shifted the way that I look at this game several years ago. Uh, and it kind of coincided with when I got in this space, in this industry. But I realized, you know, th this is not a not-for-profit that these people are in. But it's, it's also, it's a game that we're talking about. It's a game they play. It's a game they coach. It's not life or death. It can change lives, but it's a game and it's entertainment. And so when an entertainer, when a supreme entertainer has an opportunity in your space, it's a huge deal that, that I appreciate. Now, I appreciate it for different reasons than a middle linebacker in the portal may appreciate it. And they may appreciate it for a different reason than a longtime Colorado season ticket holder may appreciate it. But we all appreciate it for the same reason at the end of the day. Now, the next question is, what is he going to do there? Like, that's the, that's the multi-million dollar question. That's the thing on everyone's mind. Because there are some folks out there just just hell-bent on the idea that there's no way he's going to succeed, that he'll get a lot of publicity. Sure, he'll get some players, but at the end of the day, I had this told to me like a hundred times in the comments over the past week. Hey, what did A&M do with all those players this last year? What is Georgia doing with players? What's Bama doing with players? What's Ohio State doing? You can throw the exception to the rule at me all you want to. Fact of the matter is, the more talented teams usually win more. That's the fact of the matter. And he's in the Pac-12 where you don't have the deepest of rosters. And I think the Pac-12 was great this year. Well, when I say great, I mean great compared to years past. It is a lot easier to ascend a lot quicker in the Pac-12. And the rosters that he's going to put together, I believe, will allow him to do that. If you believe he's going to crash and burn despite having a talented roster, that's cool. We disagree because I happen to think he's going to have a really good coaching staff. Like, that's, that's being put together. And he's got some head coaches leaving for positions below the head coaching level. So he's got some folks believing in him. I'm very excited to see when that entire coaching roster comes together. Uh, but it's, it's like drinking water from a fire hose out there right now because he's trying to do all those things we talked about earlier in the show. He's trying to recruit. Uh, he's trying to sell his program. He's trying to leverage the portal. He's trying to put together a staff. So they're doing all that stuff too, uh, trying to move, you know, just the normal life stuff you have to do. I appreciate Deion Sanders because he is 
a premier entertainer. That's why I appreciate him. And he doesn't run from it. He embraces that aspect. And look, I, I can tell you firsthand, there are, let me count them, one, two, there are three people in the past two decades in college football, four people, that move the needle like Deion Sanders does. One of them was Johnny Manziel, one of them was Tim Tebow. Those are the two players. One of them is Nick Saban and Deion Sanders. Those four names, I can tell you from experience, when you put those names in a headline, when they have said something, when they have done something, or when they are somewhere, it stops traffic, it moves the needle more so than anybody else in the sport. It's not always because they run their mouth. A lot of people run their mouths and no one cares. It's not always just because they've been good on the field. There have been a lot of players who are good on the field and you couldn't even tell me where they are today. There, every now and then, are special people who for whatever reason, whatever combination of characteristics they have, they break through, they rise above. It happens in Hollywood, it happens in music, it happens in your office uh, at, a, at a smaller scale. It happens in football, happens in sports. Like Mike Tyson was that in the 90s, late 80s, 90s. There were a lot of boxers. A lot of boxers that have been great. Mike Tyson, for whatever reason, when he did things in that period, it moved the needle coast to coast. People who could not have cared less about boxing cared. Deion Sanders has people right now who at best would be passive college football fans thoroughly engaged with what he's doing. I don't make those rules. I don't decide who you respond to like that. I just see it and I respond accordingly. Uh, we, we, frankly, have never had the kind of interaction that we've had on our Deion Sanders videos over the past, what has this been, a week? It's been incredible to watch. So that's why I appreciate Deion Sanders. Paper pop. Next up, this was an interesting question here. Avery from Houston, Texas. If you were a player looking to transfer, which schools are piquing your interest? That depends on what position I play, Avery. If I'm a quarterback, and I know this is going to rub some of you the wrong way, I am on the first airline that can get me there to Los Angeles, California to play for Lincoln Riley. You probably already understand why, because you probably watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony last night. I'm guaranteed two things if I play for Lincoln Riley, if I'm a quarterback. Number one, he is going to put me in position, as long as I handle my own business, he's going to put me in a position to compete for the most prestigious awards individually in the country, and I'm going to be in a position to compete for a spot in the playoff every year. So I get the best of both worlds. If I'm a quarterback, he's got me in the Heisman conversation, all the individual awards and accolades. He is going to prime me to be a high-level NFL draft pick, and I don't have to sacrifice the team aspect in the process. So if I'm a strong safety, maybe not so much. But if I'm a quarterback, Lincoln Riley's got me taken care of, as long as I take care of my own business and handle my own business. Next up. Wide receiver, I'm going to Alabama. This is a compliment to Ohio State. Remember what the wording of the question was. If I'm a transfer right now, where do I want to go? Ohio State doesn't take a lot of transfers. They've, they've pretty well hit on their receiver room. Now, Bama had done that until semi-recently, and then semi-recently, they had to go to the portal at my position, the wide receiver position. So, like Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and those guys if I'm in high school, I'll go to Bama, of course, but, but I'd, I'd answer Ohio State if I'm coming out of high school. 
if I'm a transfer, I want to be Jamison Williams. Like if I'm a transfer, I'm looking at them right now. They've got multiple receivers in the portal leaving the program right now. So it's wide open. I can go be the next J-Mo. I can go be the next Amari Cooper. I can go be the next Devontae Smith. Now, of course, those are rare individuals. But I trust my talent. I trust my mentality. Uh, I'm transferring for whatever reason. But I want to go to Bama. Because I look, all the stuff I just said about Riley, quarterbacks there at, at uh, USC, hey, I got that taken care of because I'm going to play for Nick Saban at Alabama. What about running back? We had like 10 programs we wanted to put in this space. I think George is my answer here, though. Could also have strong consideration for LSU because I think there's a prime opportunity there right now. But I'm looking at Georgia. That place, that, those folks just won the national title. They're the favorite to do it again. They don't really have true star tailbacks this year. Kenny McIntosh is a really good player. Uh, Kendall Milton's a really good player. But they don't have Nick Chubb level players there right now. They, they just, for whatever reason, they don't. I could be that. I could go in there and I could be surrounded by the best and I could be coached by one of the very best. I could be developed by some of the very best and I could end up just etching my own name next to DeAndre Swift or, or Todd Gurley or those guys. I could be that there. I could do that very quickly and I don't need to be part of a multi-year rebuild I'm jumping in a sports car there already. It's primed. It's full of gas. It's ready to go. Tight end, I've got an excellent opportunity at Notre Dame right now. If I'm a tight end and I'm in the transfer portal. So uh, there are several, well, I say several. There are, there are a few of those names in there right now. I'm interested to see if Notre Dame lands one of these. Because Michael Mayer what was the latest in a list of pretty good tight ends that have played up there. Michael Mayer's I don't know where they have him mocked. He's going to be a high-level NFL player, I believe. Uh, could be a first-round draft pick at tight end. Well, I just said the key phrase there. NFL draft pick. He's gone. He's headed out the door. I could head in the door. And I like the trajectory of the program. They started 3-3, three and three, but they finished 8-4. and four, So I like where they're headed. I, I guarantee you I would like Marcus Freeman. Has been on the program before. Marcus Freeman. You always get bonus points if you've come on the show. And so tight end, I could go a number of places. I think I want to go to Notre Dame. And as, as for corners, you may think I'm going to the Southeastern Conference for this. I'm not. I'm going to Penn State. I like Manny Diaz as my defensive coordinator. I like the fact that they're playing very good at my position. They just had a couple of, I think, either second-team All-American or second-team All-Big Ten. They had a couple of really good ones in Porter and King this year. I think that there is a path to playing time. But also, there they are, yeah, King and Porter, second team all Big Ten. I also am not ignorant to the fact that Drew Aller is about to take over the reins at quarterback there. Now, I don't play offense. I'm a DB. But I think that they're about to have their best shot at being a playoff team that they've had since James Franklin has been there. So what I want to do is I want to cruise in there over on the defensive side, and I want to I get my reps in. I want to make a name for myself. But then here's the benefit. We are not going into every game thinking we got to hold you under 20 to win because we got a quarterback finally. No disrespect to Sean Clifford. Love Sean Clifford. Think the guy you're going to have next year plays a little bit higher level when he hits his peak, when he hits his prime. So that's where I'm going. Okay, some things coming up that I need you to know about. I already told you one of them. The early signing day show is coming up the 21st. And we'll be in Fort Lauderdale for that. 
and you, you'd need to be following on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel for that. That's different than this one, the one you're watching on right now, and I appreciate it. Just in addition to this one, make sure you're subscribed to that one. Also, a lot of these folks in the portal, well, we're not done because a lot more are going to hop in, but we're going to start getting some tangible intel on where they're going. There's a lot of talk out there right now, but it's all kind of abstract. We'll start to nail it down a little bit more. And staffs are trying to figure out their numbers with that, but also with how many kids they're going to take on early signing day. We've got coaching moves happening like Hugh Freeze it, it, today has made moves to put together his coaching staff at Auburn. My point is, sometimes this is happening on a random Monday afternoon. You need to make sure you're following me on the socials, at Late Kick Josh. It's the same on Twitter as it is on Instagram. Because sometimes that's where I'm going to talk to you if we don't have a show like that night. So that is what you need to know. It is an exciting time of year, but it's a busy time of year. We do not take breaks around here. Uh, this is not a seasonal show. Those of you who are veterans know that. Those of you who are new by the hundreds of thousands, welcome. Thank you for making this your headquarters for college football coverage, and I appreciate you guys tagging along. All right, we will be back same time Tuesday night. Until then, for Director Colin, for Producer Jesse, I'm Josh Bate. Have a great start to your week. Take care, and God bless. Thank you.